Folks, we're uh, getting closer and closer to the start of the NHL season. Of course, it's uh, just about September. And if you're listening to this um, on on Thursday or, or whatever day it is of the week that you have tuned in, it might already be September, which means training camp's right around the corner, preseason's rolling up on us. What do the Jets still need to kind of get this team back on the track towards a playoff spot? We'll discuss this on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, uh, like I said in the intro, I kind of wanted to spend some time um, talking about what the Jets need for this upcoming season, right? Uh, Obviously, Winnipeg hasn't really done a lot in the free agent market. um, And, you know, there are still some pretty glaring roster holes that I don't think the Jets are actually going to address. But all the same, you know, given that Winnipeg still is kind of doing whatever it is the Jets do, uh, I'll talk about, you know, what gaps I still see with this team and how Winnipeg might be able to fill it internally, at least for the meantime. So starting off, I think one of Winnipeg's biggest issues right now, uh, kind of, you know, you're looking at a whole host of changes that need to happen. But, you know, the, the depth is one of the biggest issues, right? The team doesn't have a lot of high end scoring ability once you leave the first and second lines. And even then, you know, pending how you arrange uh, the top six, um, you might still see issues with finishing. Last year, you know, the team's shooting percentage was at what, like an all-time low for this Jets franchise. And some of it, okay, you know, was was poor luck and some really great goaltending, but some of it was also just maybe some suboptimal usage. That said, Winnipeg still needs an elite winger scorer type, um, a real high-end finisher which is kind of strange to say because, you know, Winnipeg traditionally has been known as a team that has actually punished goals um, and scored, uh, you know, above expected goals and certainly outperformed that by a decent amount. But, you know, the issue with Winnipeg right now is that, you know, finishing kind of remains an an issue for this team. And so I think they need to find somebody who can be, I don't know, like a poacher, uh, if that's really what I'm looking for. But, Maybe somebody who's really good in front of the net, somebody who has a nose for capitalizing on the chances that guys like Dubois Dubois create. Um, I don't know if Perfetti is quite that kind of player. Uh, I do think Cole will be a very good top nine forward this upcoming season. But, you know, if Pasternak is on the move, I would be very intrigued to see what Pasternak would be looking for. Do I want them to sign him long term? Uh, That I have some questions with. And honestly, I don't even know if the Bruins would want to trade Pasternak right now because uh, if they're trying to make one last go of it with that current team, which 
I'm not sure that they really are necessarily, but assuming that they, they kind of have this vision in mind, then, you know, Pasternak might not be available at a, at a price that makes sense for the Jets. But if they are trying to maybe cut bait towards the trade deadline and start the rebuild a little bit earlier, then Pasternak for the Jets would be an amazing get. I would also be looking at Brock Besser. I know that Besser did sign like a short-term extension with Vancouver and, you know, maybe he wants to stay there, but I kind of feel like with this contract being what, like three years or something like that, uh, that gives the Jets a really nice contract control window. And then you have a third year that you can then use as a trade piece um, to start stocking up on some futures for your rebuild. You get them for two years, at least of, whatever competitive play you think this team is capable of sustaining. And then after that, you can then kind of focus on, well, the future core of the team, because at that point, I think Winnipeg uh, is going to really start to see some departures. I can't imagine that all of these guys that are, you know, unrestricted free agents and whatnot are going to be coming back, especially if the team is kind of looking at their ages, looking at the raises that a lot of them are due and sort of realizing that ultimately this team is closer to needing to tear it down and start over than it is competing. Uh, kind of in that vein, you know, Connor Garland would be another interesting player for me that I, I might consider. I think Garland checks off a lot of the boxes for, you know, the sort of play style that the Jets want with uh, Rick Bonus, and also, you know, somebody who's very industrious and also has a great nose for the net. When it comes to, you know, dangerous areas and finding players who are very, uh, I don't want to use the word greasy necessarily, but that kind of alludes to their skill with spatial awareness and offensive positioning. I think that that sort of trait is very effective in getting Garland into places where he kind of punishes pucks. You know, you find it popping up in the most dangerous areas around the faceoff circles, around the slot, and he really does score quite a few goals. And I think that that sort of finishing talent would be excellent for the Jets. He's also really good at driving transition and creating offense by himself. So, you know, for Winnipeg and what they're looking for out wide, I think that that would be great. Because uh, this is kind of assuming that the Jets are going to have most likely Shifley and Dubois at center. I think after the season is when you start to have questions about that. Uh, Dubois only having signed a very short-term extension. And, you know, the Jets may be considering, you know, both the long-term future of Shifley and Dubois uh, in other teams. But for this year, at least, I think that the primary top six need would be an elite finishing wing. So I don't know if there's going to be one available that the Jets take a punt on. To be honest, I don't think that they're going to trade for anyone. Uh it is still kind of wishful thinking. If they give Sonny Milano some cash, I think Milano could do a job in this role, but I don't know if he's exactly the kind of player uh, that I'm really looking for, right? I think I would want somebody who was a naturally gifted goal scorer. I think Milano is really well-rounded and would obviously be an upgrade for Winnipeg's top nine no matter what. But uh, in terms of those those upper units, I think you have to look for uh, an elite high-end scoring wing because when it comes to replacements for your depth players, the Jets might have a little bit more in stock on the farm that they can draw from than they do with the top six unit. We'll talk about what depth players might make sense and where I would honestly slot them in to this upcoming season's lineup in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our wonderful friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. No matter what you're into, whether you're into, you know, football or something else like, say, NHL hockey, uh, combat sports, esports, uh, automotive racing. If you love NASCAR, or Formula One, IndyCar, all that wonderful stuff, they've got you covered. They've even got stuff like boxing, golf, MMA, pretty much everything in between. And if you don't love sports, which 
why are you listening to a Locked On Jets podcast? Well, even even then, you know, they've also got Vegas casino games. But more importantly, they also want to be your, your general sports news source. They've got everything from league developments for football to game matchup previews, news, podcasts, and they've got all sorts of opening week content coming up for uh, the start of this uh, NFL season. So no matter what you're into, no matter what you're looking for, BetOnline.net wants to be your number one resource for all things sports. Head on over today to the website on your laptop or mobile device and get started with a free account because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are talking about uh, what the Jets kind of need to shape up this roster. I did something like this a while ago, and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the, the needs haven't really changed a lot. But kind of looking at Winnipeg's depth, right? We, we talked a bit about the top six. I also sort of started off the first segment talking about the depth. But the reason I kind of shifted towards the top six is I think the depth generally has more in-house solutions um, than the top six does. But that doesn't mean that it's actually going to work out. For like the third and fourth lines, I'm looking at a couple of guys from the Moose. Um, One of the big players that I expect to get a major role this year is David Gustafson. And I've been a big proponent of Gustafson for a while. I think that he's a very good player, very underappreciated. But I think where I would differ is in how I see him being used. I think in the first part of the season, if he gets like a fourth line role, I don't mind that. But I think with Gus, provided he stays healthy, he's not the kind of guy that I think really flourishes in a grindy, really defensive role. Uh, Having watched him for the past couple of years with the Moose um, and seen him in some other instances where I think he's shown off skill and uh, natural playmaking and scoring ability, I honestly would promote him to the third line. And I know that this is never, ever going to happen because I think the Jets tend to be very set with their third and fourth line designations. Adam Lowry being your your 3C under their current coaching style. Uh, I just think Gustafson has the room for growth that Lowry doesn't. And I, I don't mean that as a slight against Adam. I think Lowry is a very good player for what you're looking for. And certainly he's been a mainstay on this team uh, in, in that, that depth role. But I think With Gustafson, he actually has more top six upside than most of our prospects. He's a a naturally cerebral player. He's got excellent vision. He's very influential when he's in possession of the puck. He's got great passing, pretty soft hands. And like his finishing is is decent, right? Um, It's not like a a sniper's release or anything like that, but it's, it's enough to get the job done. And so I think with all of those tool sets, what you want to do is pair them with skill. Now, for the Jets, like depth wingers, that's kind of when you're going to start to run into issues because you're looking at more like Appleton types. Harkins might be a shout because Harkins does seem to do okay when he's paired with like a skilled center. But the thing with Jansen is, uh, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, he does a lot of the right things without really finding the end product. So I don't know if that's going to change alongside Gustafson. And I don't even remember if they've actually played a lot together with the Moose. I'm pretty sure they haven't at all, um, just because I think, you know, for the most part, Gustafson was much later. Uh, the last person that I think I recall uh, Harkins getting much time with was probably like, I don't know, Roslovic or some of the other centers from the Moose. So I don't know if they have any real chemistry, but in terms of trying to find a pairing that might work there, that could be an option. Um, aside for like other Moose players, I guess you could try and see if Mikey Isamont is ready for a, a, a longer-term NHL look. I think Isamont is 
talented at the AHL level. And I think that there's some legit signs of him being a solid player, a, you know, at a higher level, but I don't know if it's enough to where I would want to put him in like a really big third line role. Instead, I'd probably be hoping that Christian Reichel is ready to make that longer term jump, uh, especially as like a winger on Gustafson's flank. I think Christian has shown really nice flashes of good offensive instincts, great shooting, uh, good possession play once inside his uh, once he's inside the offensive zone. I think that he's got a nice stride and he kind of opens up space well with his body and and his possession play. But um, aside from that, you know, Winnipeg. It would have been nice if they would acquire more depth players that have higher end ceilings. Instead, we have like Stenland, who's I think would actually do a pretty nice job on stuff like your PK. But if you're looking for offense, it's just not really um, the kind of source that I'd be looking at. So, you know, the depth scoring, I I think, is still going to be an issue. The finishing, um, I'm not expecting to have a particularly big year past the top two lines. I think the shooting percentage will be better than it was this past season. But, you know, compared to like real contenders, right? Other teams are dropping like Kadri's and Burakovsky's uh, or in most cases more like, I, I, I guess like, uh, who was it a couple of years ago? Uh, the name's eluding me. Oh, Donskoy for the, the Sharks back then used to be a really important con- contributor. Players like that who can kind of play up and down your lineup, those guys, you know, you find on a lot of the really deep teams and that's just not really where the Jets are. So It'd be nice if Winnipeg could find and sign a couple of these guys. I think Milano would do a really good job in a role like that because as it is right now, I don't know how much of the top six is going to be available to him, but I also don't expect it to be a real consideration. I think Milano probably is going somewhere else. Uh, There are a lot of teams that will be willing to overpay for him. And while I would actually like the Jets to be one of those teams, uh, we all know how Winnipeg is and, you know, he himself might reject that move. So, asking all of these younger guys to really step up. It's, it's a tough one. I saw people on Twitter kind of pointing out that, Oh, this is what Jets fans asked for. And it's like, yeah, when the team had more support up and down the lineup to give those kids, I don't want to just throw all these children and young adults into uh, really prominent roles without giving them proper veteran backing. I think that that is kind of this, like this oversight that people seem to have with it. I, I want the rookies to be played, but part of it, Part of the reason that you wanted to do it earlier in the development cycle and when you had a stronger core roster was that they wouldn't have to have all of this pressure uh, to be the lead guys on their units. They could have a really experienced, highly skilled player that they're working with and start to learn the game at the NHL level in a more, I wouldn't say relaxed environment. I don't think that that's the right word, but I think a more supportive environment would be how I would view it. Instead, they're going to have to kind of be given a bit of a trial by fire, which is going to be tough for a lot of them. So we'll see how it shakes out. I know that Gustafson, at least, is probably on the short list to join Winnipeg's full-time roster. Reichel, I think, is probably going to have a shot to do that as well. Um, beyond that, though, it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Winnipeg has kind of, I guess, signed its fate in, in this one, and I don't, I don't think that they really have any intention of making other major moves unless there's a major trade somewhere that Winnipeg kind of surprises with us. Uh, But for the time being, uh, we just sort of have to sit and hope that something comes along that gives the Jets a little bit more forward depth because that continues to be a, a major issue. But I think at a higher level, there is kind of one other thing that I think this team needs. And uh, it's not something that's necessarily a roster need, but it's kind of more, tied to the fan base. 
We'll talk about what I'm looking for this season and what I kind of hope the Jets give us in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We have been talking a lot about, uh, you know, what the Jets need to kind of get back into the postseason. I mostly addressed like the roster stuff earlier. Uh, This time I kind of wanted to talk about something more tied towards like the fan experience. When you go into like Canada Life Center these days, it's just dead, man. Like there's not a lot of hype. There's very little energy. And it sucks because for a long time, Winnipeg used to be talked about as this cauldron of noise, a place that other teams found difficult to play in. You had a really tough, hardworking, physical, strong offensive team in the Jets just kind of running over you. You had a fan base that got extremely loud, made that rink very imposing, and maybe even caused some guys to make mistakes. These days, though, there's just no real passion, no energy. It's lifeless. And I think that for the Jets, you know, sometimes that that sort of stuff is overstated in terms of like it driving success, right? But I think the fan atmosphere the passion, the support, that stuff is something that the team needs to kind of bring back for for Winnipeg because as it is right now, this team just feels very sterile to me. It feels like Winnipeg is kind of getting by with doing the bare minimum and there's no enthusiasm for it. That for me is just sad. I mean, I got to experience my, my first time ever going to a Jets game in person was game three, Nashville versus Winnipeg. I always say that that probably for me will be the highlight of my in-person live sporting experience. There's just nothing like that game and that level of hype, that enthusiasm, that raucous, crazy atmosphere. If you look at the Jets now, it's not even close to that. Uh, And for me, it's just a real shame because I I think this team, when the crowd is rocking, when everyone's happy and excited, they are fun to watch. They feed off of that energy. It gives them impetus to really push for forward and and overwhelm opposing teams i'm not going to really say that it trumps all of the skill and stuff because it doesn't it doesn't really have that much of an impact if we're being honest but i think from like a fan's perspective to really get buy-in from the fan base to get that energy back for a playoff push and to really feel like this team is moving in the right direction the jets are going to have to figure out how to make people buy into this plan and and feel that enthusiasm again, because as of this right now, there's just not that much to be excited about. And the team really hasn't done a lot to promote this upcoming season in a way that I feel is particularly interesting to me. Uh, I'd rather them kind of like really give us content about, you know, some of the, you know, young new players, what they might bring to this lineup, get us hyped for like the preseason, get us thinking about some of the longer term players who could join this team and where they sort of see themselves fitting in. You know, they will have a competitive training camp and stuff, and that might get some enthusiasm. But overall, I think the fan base is just kind of tired of this team. And so this is like a really big chance for them to reset the narrative, set the record straight, and put this team back on a winning path towards getting to a playoff spot. It's not the only objective, but right now it probably is the most important. And hopefully Winnipeg kind of recognizes that and gives us something this season, because as it is right now, it's uh, it's it's looking a little bit grim, but I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. What do you think in the Jets still need? Uh, are you focused more on the roster, the fan experience, the atmosphere? Be sure to let me know at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter or in the YouTube comments below. Leave your thoughts. Uh, I'll try and get to them as they start to filter in. But I know right now it's a little bit of a dead time in the season. So hopefully the next couple of weeks give us some real action. So we get that Jets excitement again and can start prepping for this upcoming season. But 
For tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all come together into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro, uh, Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As always, it's free to subscribe. And again, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.